Welcome to the Colorado A-List. We're building a thriving business community based on generous leadership and authentic connections. I'm your host, Matt Brower, and today's episode is brought to you by Column Commercial Partners. Column Commercial Partners is a Colorado-based real estate company exclusively advocating for the tenant and buyer side of the table. If your company has real estate needs coming up, you can find them at www.columncommercial.com. Hey guys, Matt here. Our guest today is a well-known figure in Colorado. He's part of a family of Colorado business owners going back five generations. As owner and director of Montfort Companies, he invests in ventures and develops commercial properties that serve as economic drivers and growth engines for both rural and urban communities. On top of that, he's also very philanthropic with his involvement in Denver Active 2030 and several other causes that we'll hear about today. I'm really stoked to have you on the show. Welcome, Kenny Montfort. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So uh, let's dive in with... uh, uh, I know that over the last couple of years, you have been acquiring or have acquired, uh, you know, a few of the well-known bars in Lodo, uh, Lodos and a couple others. Can you talk a little bit about kind of the driver behind that and where you're, where you're going? You're looking to expand that portfolio? Yeah. Yeah. We can, uh, we'll dive into the background, kind of how I got into it a little bit later, but the idea being that, you know, here at, at Monfort, we feel that Denver is is ripe and ready for a for a world class baseball district, something like you'd see in Atlanta with the Braves, what they have done, uh, Chicago Cubs, what they have done around Wrigleyville. Uh, a lot of strong examples around the country of of these baseball districts that really take the uh, neighborhood from an eighty one day a year activation, which there's eighty one home baseball games in the Major League Baseball, uh, to a three hundred sixty five day a year uh, uh, environment. Uh, you do that by bringing in best-in-class retail. Uh, there's there's quite a bit of housing there, but the folks that, that do live there work elsewhere, uh, work in CBD, uh, Central Business District, Uptown, Highlands, or Highland, uh, Highland uh, or... Uh, Lower Highlands. Lower yeah, Highlands, Highlands, and then yeah. also DTC. Um, so, so they're not there all day long. They don't, you know, it, it is from time to time an entertainment district, and that's what it was concepted to be when Coors Field was built, and that's what it should be going forward. But a lot of that's been lost to these new neighborhoods that have popped up. So I think, um, you know, revitalizing historic buildings that are there, the, prom- the, the neighborhood's prominent, uh, prominently historic, um, a lot of uh, parking lots there, and then just some underserviced, underused buildings uh, that could use some attention, use some some alignment uh, by local developers such as ourselves uh, to buy, upgrade, graduate, and and bring it into what what the potential is. Wow! So uh, just for those, I know there's a lot of people that are moving to Colorado every year, and I would imagine a lot of our listeners are fairly new to Colorado. Probably are know your last name and kind of what your family's involved in, but uh, for those that don't. Uh, you know, your family has owned the Rocky, Colorado Rockies for how many years now? Uh, founded the Rockies 27 the Rockies. years 27 ago. 27 years, okay. Yep, so the founding of the Colorado Rockies here in Denver was uh, 92-ish. Uh, okay. Coors Filt was, uh, took about two years to build, so that was 94-95 was the first season uh, for the Rockies at Coors Field. Prior to that, they were at Mile High Stadium, the original, prior to uh, Invesco, now Broncos Stadium at Mile High. 
Um, so they played there for a couple of years. And because of that, because the, the uh, NFL stadium uh, that they opened in, and we, we will, we currently and will always have, the Rockies will always have the highest attendance record uh, in the MLB, something like 100,000 or something. Really? But, uh, I did not know that. Wow, um, that's cool. But, uh, but anyways, and that's because we opened at Mile High. Um, and so, uh, uh, yeah, I grew up in the cattle business, uh, going back uh, in Greeley, Colorado. It's about an hour north of Denver. Yeah. Um, I, uh, you know, family, uh, going back five generations, we're in completely agriculture and, and cattle business. And my dad and his siblings, uh, Charlie and his uh, brother and two sisters, sold the Montfort beef business uh, to a publicly traded company in the early 90s. And... Uh, parlayed that into baseball here in Denver so oh my gosh and then I moved here when was uh when was the uh Rocky Stadium built you said uh, Coors Field yeah so 94 95 that was 94 the first, 95 okay first season yep I moved here in 2002 mm-hmm. and so just after but <laughs> I, I've just known Denver to always have uh you know, Coors Field right there. So yeah, well, I didn't it, know what that looked like prior to that. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, story, really. And I think a lot of other markets that have built stadiums have uh, have uh, adapted what we've done in Denver to plant such an economic driver as is baseball in the middle of kind of a, a, a desolate part of town, kind of a scary part of town as, as the ballpark neighborhood was in the early 90s. I always tell the story that when Coors Field was built, the construction workers had a hard stop at 5 p.m., and that was because it became too dangerous. Oh, wow. Uh, so just to see in 27 years what Coors Field has done to that neighborhood uh, to, to um, you know, bring services, bring people, bring businesses, and uh, make it safer, activate it, uh, it's pretty special. Yeah, that is amazing. And what I think is really cool is that you are uh, you're leading – the effort to have even more of an impact with the acquisition of these uh, bars and these this real estate in the same areas to just kind of further that commitment. Yeah, most definitely. Wow. Um, the, the neighborhood uh, had some early on growth, and that was largely by way of bars. Again, going back to the entertainment district idea, uh, but for it to truly be a 365 day a year neighborhood, there needs to be more than just bars. Yeah. Um, while we are currently focused on, on on the real estate associated with bars, we we do see that you know corporate headquarters, hotels, um, uh, other other forms of housing, residential for sale condos, uh, all will be prominent components to making the neighborhood special. Mm, um, wow. Going back. Uh, you know, there's a lot of development off to the south side of Ballpark District and the Central Business District and Union Station up until recent. Kind of skipped over Ballpark into Rhino. Yeah. Um, and that was for a variety of reasons, prominently because at one point in time, Rhino was a little less expensive. That's no longer the case now, and Rhino is pretty well built up. Uh, so it's just logical that the infill would take place in the middle of, of all that development, which is the Ballpark. Which is right there, which yeah. is where your playground is. Yep. Uh, or where your sandbox that you're mostly playing in. <laughs> yep. And you uh, uh, talk about your co-working space real quick. And I, I'm trying to remember the cross street, the exact cross yeah, street. Yeah, 20th and Blake. It's not necessarily co-working. It's where we office out of. Okay. And we do have other developers and private investors in the space with us. I, I deem it a uh, intentional co-working space just because okay. we don't necessarily market it. Um, you know, the, the, the next best tech company is not going to come looking in our space for their, for their office. 
but it is guys who are like-minded doing stuff in the area, Denver, locally, uh, of different uh, areas and product types within real estate. So land, okay. a guy that focuses on land or hotels or whatever, and we can bounce ideas off of one another. And so that's what it's useful to us for. I um, see. So it's more about... Uh, Creating a small community where you guys can potentially partner together and Correct. learn from each other and uh, bounce ideas. Correct. That sort of thing. Okay. Correct. Cool. And and we named that office uh, the co- the intentional co working. We named it Rock Block, with the intention that maybe one day the area would be called Rock Block. There's a tip of the hat to the Rockies there, but I think going forward, really for the neighborhood to uh, again, come into its own. It's going to have to not be baseball-centered. Uh, mm. So we're, we're floating around other ideas that we're talking about. Ballpark district, throw that out. Rock block, throw that out. We're, we're working with uh, a, v- a variety of names that we think that neighborhood becomes someday yeah. uh, that's not tied 100% to baseball. So, uh, Cool. Uh, well, that sounds like a good hashtag opportunity. Hashtag <laughs> rock block. Yeah, yeah. 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 It has a ring to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So um, I'm a huge music lover, and you guys are able to get some incredible talent through Coors Field. How, like, do you partner with AXS or Live Nation, or how, how does all that come together? Yeah, I'll, I'll preface that with saying that I don't I don't work directly with the Rockies. Okay. Um, and so I don't You're know running any other businesses. Yeah, okay. just sort of uh, outside of Coors Field, I always let people know because that's a good common assumption is that I do that I'm just a season ticket holder. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but uh, but the Rockies uh, have really, and I think a lot of MLB teams around the country have found um, a way to further activate their real estate. Uh, in some cases, the teams own the real estate, the stadium, in the Rockies case, the city and county of Denver own. But the Rockies have the controlling interest in the lease. Yep. Uh, so, it, you know, again, going back to me saying that, that there's 81 home baseball games and with, with uh, hopeful postseasons, there's more home baseball games. But you'd like to see that space activated as beautiful as it is more than just 81 days a year. Yeah. Um, so the Rockies have, uh, have, have partnered with groups like, uh, you know, um, uh, Ticketmaster, AEG, and some of these guys to, to produce events there. Uh, it's not the easiest undertaking, but it's one of the coolest places to watch a concert. Absolutely. If, if been. Or, or yeah. fireworks, for that matter. Fireworks, yeah. I've seen yep. fireworks several times there. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so talk about uh, what, what other things you're involved in. I know that you and I have collaborated on some uh, kind of development project stuff in rural areas mm-hmm. uh, with some clients of ours. Um, how far does that business stretch? What are you kind of working on there? What do you focus on on the development side outside of Lodo? Yeah, yeah. So I'd say outside of uh, revitalizing and helping graduate the ballpark neighborhood, uh, which takes probably 60 to 70% of our time and resources um, as far as projects go and capacity, um, our, our other focus is retail development. Um, so that's Colorado and surrounding states. Um, call it Colorado, Utah, Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, uh, a little bit Nebraska. Um, and, uh, you know, retail projects, single tenant to five tenant style strip center projects that, um, you know, gas stations, Starbucks, places like that where uh, really, we're going into these smaller communities. The entitlement process is a lot easier than it is in Denver County. Denver, I'll bet. Denver, 
uh, and uh, you know, so we're going to these places, and we're gonna we're gonna do two things for them really by bringing them a Seven Eleven or a Starbucks. Uh, one of them is adding sales tax to their annual budget, and the other thing is adding some jobs uh, by bringing a tenant like that into the area. So. Um, think Newcastle, Wyoming, for example, those type of towns mm-hmm. uh, that, that, uh, that are small, that are ripe, um, but also kind of outside of the purview of the, the typical retail developer. Okay. So you, um, so you guys come in and you, you know, uh, you're working with national brands to go look for and develop real estate for them in, in key markets or key locations? Correct. Okay. Yep, correct. Are you, um, uh, are there any companies that like you can talk about? Yeah, we work. We've done tons of deals with. I don't know. You mentioned Starbucks and yeah, any anyone that you're you do yeah, a lot of names business just with? like that. Starbucks, Seven Eleven. We have a really close relationship with them. Okay. Um, uh, Smashburger back in the day. Yeah. Taco John's a little bit back in the day. Walgreens has a new f- uh, format that they're rolling out, and we're we're working cl- working closely and, oh, and cool. keeping our thumb on that to. Uh, make sure we can assist in that in any way that we can within the region. Um, Verizon Wireless, just groups like that that, you know, it's it's a phrase that is often, I think, I thought we invented it, but I think it's overused now, but Amazon proof. And, okay. Uh, so that's the idea. I mean, anything retail these days, that has to be a consideration. Yeah. Very cool. But, but that keeps you busy. How yep. big is the, uh, uh, how big is the, you do that under Cactus or? Correct. Okay. How big is like the development team that's that you're basically you know working with on a daily basis yeah we we keep it lean um we probably deliver between eight and ten projects every year wow um but a lot of a lot of the the team is outsourced in real estate as you know and as everybody who who's in that industry knows you can outsource most of it obviously architects uh legal um you know all of all of that stuff is is outsourced and and so we we're able to keep it a pretty lean team. So we have That's about great. six folks that, that devote their time to the, the projects under the Cactus Land Company umbrella. Okay. And, and again, that's just the retail regionally. So. Yeah, the retail piece. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, uh, at least any, any project we've been involved in, it's always best to build the team that makes the most sense for that particular project. Yep. You know, so that's kind of what, what you're getting at, sounds yep. like. So. Yep, Very definitely. Cool. Well, let's uh, shift gears a little bit. Uh, you want to talk about... Um, Kind of Denver Active 2030 and what you're focused on on the philanthropics philanthropic side. Yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I spend on the extracurriculars uh, dialing it back probably too much time with uh, organizations and and uh, charities. But uh, one is very special to me. Denver Active 2030. It's a group of 100 guys that uh, throw basically four key events every year. Uh, the Denver Polo Classic, being the flagship, took place at the end of June. Uh, the obligatory golf tournament that was uh, very successful this year, a barn party, which is in the fall, coming up actually September twenty eighth. D- September twenty eighth. Yep. And how can people get uh, find get tickets to that? Find info. Yeah, da twenty thirty org, um, and and you can go on there and buy your tickets. Uh, Chris Jansen is the act this year. It's going to be. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's always, you know, food and drink included, um, awesome music, and, and the people are great. So 
Um, I, I highly suggest that event. That's the third event that we throw through the organization. And I've been there several times yep. uh, throughout the years, and it's, it's a blast. So, yep, yeah. yep. And it, it was in the spring. This year will be the first year. It's in the fall, and going forward it will be in the fall. Oh, cool. Uh, but, again, the barn parties, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a, heck of a, a heck of a good time. So uh, the fourth event is uh, Christmas for Kids, just a Christmas uh, fundraising event. Uh, by way of all four of those, we raise about 1.5 million a year in grantable wow. funds, and so we're a granting charity. So we raise those funds to grant out to other local children's charities that apply. We're about 150 applicants on an annual basis, and we're able to usually facilitate funding or grants for about 60 to 70 of those. That's incredible. Um, so wow. that's that's kind of the mission of the of the group, but it's uh, it's 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 very special. I think that uh, they're improving every yeah. single year. So how many? Uh, you may have just uh, said this. How many charities does that one point five million dollars uh, service or feed? Yeah, sixty to seventy. Sixty to seventy. Yeah. Okay. There's some some groups get larger check sizes, and those are sort of the long-term partners like Denver yep. Kids and Ace Scholarships. Uh, yep. I'm sure everybody's heard of the, at least those two. Oh yeah. Uh, and then some smaller checks to the other groups that, in some cases, are multi-year grants, uh, and in other cases, brand new to the organization. So That's I think correct. the most unique component of the of the group is um, is that we we go through a, a a grant review process. Again, there's a hundred guys, hundred members uh, within uh, Denver Active 2030. Everybody gets one or two uh, grants that they review the application, audit the financials, meet with the executive director, and determine themselves whether or not we should fund them, and if so, for how much. So that's kind of the, uh, that, that, that's what allows, that, that's what our donors uh, get excited about, that we're not just cutting checks blindly. We're actually going through, and there's, uh, there's a bit of a process involved in making sure that the funds go to the best organizations and that they're best used. That are having the biggest impact. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I uh, actually served on a charity board for I think six or seven years. Metro Denver Partners, I think the parent company, parent organization is Partners Mentoring Youth. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And about halfway through that is when we partnered with DA Twenty Thirty, yep. and so I became intimately uh, involved in or knowledgeable about your process, and it is very methodical. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, yeah, it's very intentional. So yep. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's great. Totally. Yep. Um, anything else that you're, uh, I know that you actually spend, you're one of the leaders of that organization. You spend tons of time on that. Anything else that you're um, involved in on the philanthrop- philanthropic side? Yeah, you know, um, I went to school at the University of Denver. I'm in inv- involved in a couple of capacities over there. Uh, I just think that they're at an integral point in their uh, tenure that, that they will be uh, graduating into. Uh, you know, they're already a very prominent organization, the University of Denver. But I think, I think uh, because of a lot of reasons, they will be, um, be kind of coming into the national spotlight uh, within the next five to ten years. So staying close to that. Um, Otherwise, the National Western Stock Show is near and dear to my heart, uh, and they have obviously a massive transformation going on over yeah. there. Uh, I keep very close to that and have a lot of good friends over there. Um, Are you guys involved in um, kind of the future planning of what, what they're doing there? 
not necessarily. Kind of development or yeah, I mean, um, uh, it, it's a huge project, and, and yeah. the, the executive director of the project under the mayor's office will tell you that the easiest thing that they'll do is build buildings over there. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, exactly. The, it's like yeah, some of the best real estate you could possibly have yeah. nationally, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the tough part is getting getting, and they didn't, from my knowledge, and I don't speak on their behalf, but. So they haven't yet to use eminent domain or anything for, for any of the acquisitions. And so they're still working through that and some of the design and through the partnerships, okay. uh, uh, which there are a number of partnerships yeah. and stakeholders involved, including Colorado State University. So um, once that's buttoned up, I think, you know, and you see you see that they've put a shovel in the ground over there, it'll be really exciting yeah. for the city. Yeah, absolutely. And that is, um, they did uh, they did a lot of eminent domain for the I-70 project, which for those that don't know, that are listening, they're I-70 through like from I-25 all the way over to Colorado Boulevard or something like that is going to be buried. Mm -hmm. uh, and then they're going to be developing green space and other things on top of just to kind of, you know, make that the yeah. entry into downtown Denver, which will be kind of Brighton Boulevard and Rhino. Yeah. Uh, that much more appealing. Yeah. Um, it's definitely know, a hot yeah. button issue for some folks yeah. because of the uh, the capital that's allocated for that. Right. Um, but I, I like the idea. I think I seventy is dated and needs to be updated. And I think connecting those two neighborhoods on either side of I seventy by way of green space, like you said, I think it's a great idea. So. I do too. Yeah. And then the um, the land that we're talking about for the for the National Western Stock Show is basically right there, right? It's like mm -hmm. Brighton Boulevard and I-70 right there. So yep, exactly. Killer location for whatever that looks like in the future. I can't wait to see that. Yep. How far out do you think that is? 10, 10 years? I have no <laughs> idea. Yeah, you know, city projects. Yeah. Um, you know, you look at what's going on at the airport right now. And yeah. the, I think they've paused some of the construction because of litigation. So that stuff's right. inevitable, I yeah. suppose. It's very unfortunate. But uh, uh, so delays are imminent. And so we'll just kind of see we'll how see. it all goes but yeah at least it's working so yeah exactly that's what one cool thing about denver i think is that there's just constant change and people are just continuing to move here there's so much energy there's so much entrepreneurial and business energy a lot of people that are moving here are educated which which means that companies want to be here to recruit that top talent that we're mm -hmm. attracting because of our you know our way of life here and the back the the playground that we have in our backyards the mountains and yeah stuff like that and the skiing so totally yeah it's a big part of the reason why i love denver so much so yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah so um want to jump into kind of just some maybe rapid fire personal questions uh so we can kind of get to know you uh a little bit better so some of them so off the top of your head first thing that comes to mind uh who are your heroes or hero? Who do you super look up to? Yeah, um, immediately a couple presidents come to mind, but, you know, Ronald Reagan. Um, uh, I, I, I look at today's political climate, and I don't understand how anybody could put themselves in that position to be in the spotlight and be ridiculed and, you know, statistically have half the, half the country hate them. And uh, we're asking the the brightest folks out there to put themselves in that position. And, and it's not because of money. It's not because of uh, any other reason other than they hopefully care. And yeah. it is truly a public service. And so 
Um, anyways, Ronald Reagan's up there with, with the best, just, uh, you know, and he, he was widely loved, so that's yeah. maybe not a good example, but, um, you know, we do need strong leadership in those roles, yeah. uh, national, you know, at, nas- at the national level and locally, local politics is huge, Absolutely. uh, statewide and, and here within the city of Denver, but do you have yeah. any uh, aspirations for, uh, politics uh, in your future? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I, <laughs> Uh, the short answer would be yes, but the, the, what you could extrapolate from what I said earlier, it's just, uh, for somebody to, to put themselves in a position where they are, uh, you know, consistently ridiculed for X, Y, Z reason is, it's really, it's a really tall ask. Oh yeah. Uh, and it's really tough for, for us to, to seek and, and achieve that type of leadership from strong folks. Uh, with that being the caveat. Yeah, know, so. that's great. That's great. Um, what is your, any, every, any like favorite technology that you use on a daily basis or anything like that? Uh, I mean, probably just like everybody in my iPhone, uh, I live and die by it. Um, yep. We don't really use, uh, I mean, we're all Apple uh, within our companies and um, but nothing really specific comes to mind. Okay. Yeah. Actually, uh, that we ask that question a lot on the show, and the cell phone is yeah typically the the common answer. So, yeah. 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 I mean, there's a variety of apps that I could I could uh, list off that most of our team use within yeah. the companies, and uh, just efficiency is key, and making life easier is key. Playing mm-hmm. smarter, working smarter, not harder is uh, uh, is definitely a, a focus for us. That's a great. That actually made me think of another question here. With all of the ventures that you guys have going on, the 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 bar restaurant bars, the real estate, the you know whatever else your other family members are involved in, is there any platform that you guys utilize so that is like an all hands communication tool or anything like that that's uh, really useful? Not necessarily. I, I would say that uh, you know some folks, at least with the family, have been there for forty plus years. Yeah. And, you know, new team members coming on every day within the different companies. So communication will always need to be diverse, yeah. uh, phone calls, in-person meetings, um, you know, email. I, we, we try to stay away from email and, and at least uh, teach everybody how to write an appropriate email, bullet points, and, and uh, anything that's over two sentences long uh, should be a phone call or, or something easier yeah. just because... Uh, I think email is a huge time suck, really. Yeah. And uh, it, it takes you away from getting actual work done, yeah. working in spreadsheets or whatever it is that you should be doing. So uh, we do focus a little bit on that within our within our companies, just making sure that there's effective communication, but it will always have to be diverse. Yeah. It seems like voicemail is a big time suck, too. I see more and more people are just not setting their voicemails up. Yeah. And 100%. it's more of a text me or try me again later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we use uh, <laughs> uh, within one of our operating businesses WhatsApp. Uh, and, oh my god, and, I love and, that app. And you record what you're saying, so it might as well be a voicemail. But you don't have to go in and delete it or whatever. It's just uh, so that's that's been a huge help and for our operating for our managers and and some folks, it's it's really helpful. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, like voice memos that yeah. you just send. Yeah. Um, to a group or yep. to a per- yeah, and I've I've actually been to like um, like marketing uh, seminars or sales seminars where a lot of the gurus in that space will say, 
a, a quick voice memo to a client as opposed to an email or even a written card, like a voice memo just saying, hey, thinking about you, I hope you're doing well, let me know if you need anything from me, uh, actually is much more um, thoughtful and, and uh, you know, effective than a lot of the other things. Totally, so, yeah, totally. Yeah, to do that every so often. Mm-hmm. So any, um, any favorite quotes that come to mind or kind of themes in your, in your world? Yeah, um, I just was asked this question, so I do have an answer. But um, I think sort of a uh, a quote, and there's many ver- variations of it that I've always, uh, and I'll give two variations, but something that I've always kept back in mind is um, be the person you'd like to meet. And uh, the other variation being uh, be the person that you needed as a child. And so both oh, of those, wow. I think, make you think uh, about your actions in, in a different way, a little more holistic. Um, and, uh, you know, so, I, you know, at a high level, those are two that I kind of keep in mind every single day. That's cool. I have not heard the be the person that you needed as a child. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's great. Thanks for sharing those. That's, that's <laughs> incredible. Um, last question. What's your kind of favorite way to unwind? What do you spend a lot of your time on, uh, you know, when you're actually not doing work and philanthropic things? Yeah. It's funny. I was also asked a similar question and, um, you know, everybody in Colorado is a big skier or or snowboarder and and I've kind of gotten away from that mostly because of traffic and it's no longer, (laughs) uh, it's no longer, uh, a day trip here or, uh, or, a or a quick weekend trip there. It just doesn't work out that yeah. way. Uh, but we were talking about what gets you to feel like you're in the moment. And for a lot of people, it is skiing or surfing or mountain climbing or skydiving. Uh, for me, it's, it's kind of goofy and it might sound silly, but it is a little bit just sitting in front of my computer and getting, you know, checking tasks off my to-do list or, or deleting an email that really does get me in the moment. Um, outside of working, um, I grew up on a lake. I love being on the water. And so up in Greeley, uh, we do, uh, we still have our, the, the home that I grew up in. So I'll go up there at any chance that I get to and get oh, on the cool. water a little bit. Um, uh, that's always, uh, it's always a nice getaway. Nice. So you guys are, that, that house is on a lake? Correct. Yep. And that's where you grew up. That's yep. cool. Yeah. So you must be a Incredible water skier and yeah, wakeboarder, yeah. all that. I'm usually the driver. Okay. Uh, but uh, just being out there is, is all that I need. So yeah. it's the best. That is very cool. I, I grew up, um, I guess it was a river technically, the Kankakee River in, in Illinois. Mm-hmm. And we had a boat way back then. And I remember my dad, big slalom skier. So he'd just be out there on one ski, just ripping jumps and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But we were tiny. Me and my three brothers were tiny. So we didn't, we weren't big enough to learn that (laughs) stuff yet. But I feel like, I think he probably put me on his skis, like with him a couple of times until we, you know, fell into the water or whatever. But yeah, it's very fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think think aside from that, um, uh, travel. I mean, if funds were unlimited, I think uh, I think I'd be spending most of my time traveling. Just because going back to the iPhone or your mobile device, I think you can work, especially in our industries, uh, remotely for mo- you know most of it. Uh, and so, so true. Um, traveling just uh, is a huge passion, and uh, uh, you know, uh, again, if I could do more of it, I would. And I always told myself before I'm 40, I might try to take a year and live someplace else. Um, but I think that those are the kind of things that 
both broaden your mind. You know, there's a couple of things that really do broaden one's mind, and travel being one of them, reading a book being another. Um, just a couple of things that just really uh, uh, huge passions of mine. That's sure. great. Yeah. What's the um, coolest place you've traveled outside of the U.S.? Yeah. Uh, interesting. Um, I would say one of the most unique, uh, Cuba is an obvious one. Oh, it was cool. a bucket list item for me, and I snuck away last year uh, with a buddy. And, uh, you know, for, for a number of reasons, very unique, but awesome culture, good food, good people. Um, highly recommend it to anybody who has interest, yeah. uh, especially before things change, which might not happen as soon as people think because uh, it's a very arch- archaic society and there's still... Uh, within their uh, political party, very uh, slow-moving and, and old-fashioned. So um, really interesting and, and, and awesome to kind of learn and, and speak to the locals and stuff. So Cuba definitely is up there. Or they have, here they have good mojitos and cigars, too. <laughs> that helps. they do, yeah, that they do. <laughs> yep, They happen to make uh, the rum and the cigars just down the street there. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can only imagine. I've been a little... Little Havana in Miami. That's, yeah, that's pretty. It's cool. probably not too far off. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, last question, I promise. It just prompted hearing what you said earlier. If you did move somewhere for for that year, do you know where that would be? I have no idea. Okay. Uh, I would want it to be someplace where I'd have to maybe learn the language, and there's not any other English speakers. Oh wow. Um, so like to what, dive right in. Yeah. That's I, cool. Yeah. It just kind of, uh, hopefully an uncomfortable situation that again, broadens the mind a little bit. So whether that's South America or some part of Eastern Europe or, or Italy or something yeah. would definitely be of interest for sure. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Travel is a huge passion of mine too. So yeah, I always love learning about that and hearing yep. about it. So, well, that's great. I uh, very much appreciate your time. The, the vision or the intention of this podcast is to build a thriving business community based in generous leadership and authentic connections. And you encapsulate both of those things. Thank you very much for your generous leadership today. Yeah, appreciate you having me. Enjoyed learning more about you. And yeah, we'll uh, look forward to seeing what's next for you. All right. Oh, and before I forget, how uh, if somebody wants to follow kind of what you're up to, uh, what's the best way for somebody to, to keep track and yeah, we usually keep, um, we're not completely on social media, or at least not uh, very regularly as far as the companies are concerned, but our website, uh, MontfortCompanies.com, we usually update some of our projects uh, on the real estate front or any operating businesses we're involved with there, uh, cool. and a little bit personally on my yeah. stuff. So Okay, MontfortCompanies.com, M-O-N-F-O-R-T, Companies.com. You got it. Perfect. All right, thanks. Awesome. Enjoy the rest of your day. Hey, thank you.